Hey, welcome to Bruise Culture. I'm your host, Evan Schwab. I own the gaming site Big Cultures, and I'm an aspiring Cicero. I'm here to help you pair quality craft beers with great games in order to maximize your leisure time. We'll talk about some of the best breweries and their histories alongside the ins and outs of games and the gaming industry. So stop in, take a load off, and enjoy excellent brews with us as we explore two of the most profitable business industries. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number seven of Brews Culture. We've got a pretty good one for you here today, probably something that everybody in both industries have heard of in each of their respective industries, at, at the least, if not having some crossovers here. We've got the terrific Arrogant Bastard Ale paired with Devil May Cry 5. But before we get into that, I want to touch back upon something we talked about last week, which was State Representative Evans Jr. of Illinois trying to pass legislation that would ban Grand Theft Auto V and other violent video games because of an increased amount of carjackings taking place in Illinois. I still believe that it's a ridiculous piece of legislation and that there's far-reaching effects on banning video games and how it would stretch into other entertainment industries. But, interestingly enough, if you, I don't know, have TikTok or any other form of social media and you follow Barstool Sports, any form of Barstool, in particular Dave Portnoy, the owner of Barstool Sports, internet sensation recently, but uh, he has a little show that he does on YouTube where he goes to various pizza shops around the country, gets pizza and takes one bite, I think it's called One Bite Reviews or something like that, and he'll take a bite of the pizza and score a review off that one bite. So, Recently, by the time this recording comes out, it's probably about two weeks ago now, Dave Portnoy was in Chicago doing one of his One Bite Pizza reviews, happened to be approached by a guy who wanted him to review the new McDonald's chicken sandwich, and right behind them, in broad daylight, while cameras were rolling, with a police officer right in front of the entire situation, somebody carjacks another individual. The whole thing's on camera. In fact, the guy who carjacked the car hits the police officer's vehicle while fleeing the scene in the car he carjacked in broad daylight. It's a totally bizarre situation to watch. Nobody really knew exactly what was going on, but, I mean, think about the audacity of carjacking someone right in front of the police while cameras are rolling in the middle of a, of a busy street. It's a crazy situation. I thought it was interesting, especially after we just talked about that legislation aimed at preventing carjackings, which is certainly an issue in Chicago and really in many places. But I think starting with Grand Theft Auto is not the greatest place to start. Could just be me, but I thought that was pretty wild. So, speaking of wild, Arrogant Bastard Ale is not only one of the most fun beers to talk about, with one of the most entertaining names, but it's also been around forever. I mean, as far as I can remember, as long as I've been able to drink legally, Arrogant Bastard has been around. 
And I mean, I once a part of Stone, now their own little, I believe they call it the Arrogant Consortia. It's a pretty good beer. You know, you've probably heard of it. It's definitely a unique experience, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Before we do so, I had originally considered pairing Arrogant Bastard Ale with a game like Duke Nukem. The newest Duke Nukem, I suppose, because that is where he is uh, the most arrogant, (laughs) to put it lightly. So my question for you this week is, do you think there are situations, there, there are places where a hero like Duke Nukem, or I suppose an anti-hero like Duke Nukem, works in modern entertainment. And what I mean by that is, it's really, it's really hard to compare, but Duke Nukem is the epitome of over-masculine, over-sexist, every sort of negative connotation you can add to a real buff, aggressive, <laughs> negative individual That's Duke Nukem. Do you think there's a place, though, in today's world for a hero like that? And I'm not saying it has to necessarily emulate PS3, Xbox 360, PC, Duke Nukem Forever, which, for all intents and purposes, was pretty bad. And definitely, I can see why many people were extremely offended by Duke Nukem Forever. But... Do you think in any situation, maybe maybe in its its full glory, so to speak, or maybe in a way that paints why that behavior is not necessarily appropriate? It's an interesting question to me. I think I think there's always room for discussion about everything, and I think that there's always room for characters like that for people to you know use to learn from. Sometimes the strongest argument, the strongest learning point is to see something so atrocious that you can reflect on it, talk about why it isn't appropriate, and then and then go from there. That's Duke Nukem in a nutshell. So my question to you is, are characters like Duke Nukem, is there a place for them in today's world? All right, back to the beer. So we've got Arrogant Bastard Ale. They describe themselves as an aggressive beer. In fact, their little blurb that's on the back of the bottle suggests you won't like it. It's probably, it's doubtful that you have the taste or sophistication to be able to appreciate an ale of this quality and depth. It's written with the most arrogant of of tones. Rightfully so, a beer that's been around for this long with minimal changes is definitely something to be proud of. With that said, Arrogant Bastard Ale... Sits with a 93 score on Beer Advocate. Holds an alcohol content of 7.2%. So it's not not, not terribly strong. It's a pretty average ale. Uh, it is a strong ale. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. An American strong ale. You come from the great state of California. From the Arrogant Consortia. It features that gargoyle that Stone is infamous for. Launched in 1997, so in 97, I would have been nine years old. Definitely not on my radar. Pours a nice dark amber. It's pretty good beer, a, a nice balance of malt and bitterness. It actually sits at about 100 IBU, so it is a pretty bitter ale. But something that is, even if you're not necessarily a fan of such bitter beer it's pretty drinkable 
it's an enjoyable beer to relax with, to sit down and unwind at the end of your night. But coming out in 1997, before craft beer was a huge industry, Arrogant Bastard Ale was certainly a bit ahead of its time. But yeah, it's it's certainly the most malty beer we've had on the show so far. It's definitely rich, it's complex, definitely get a bit of chocolate, maybe some roasted flavors in there. But yeah, it's a hefty ale. The strong ale is a perfect descriptor for for the brew. It's one that pretty quickly could sneak up on you at 7.2%, but it's good. It's smooth. It's drinkable. You know, if if you like a darker beer, if you like a bit of roasted, toasted chocolate, maybe some caramel in there. If you're a big malty beer guy, this is a good uh, good place to start if you if you haven't had an opportunity to drink an arrogant bastard. You know, with that said, it's definitely not going to be for everyone, but I would hope, you know, if you're coming into the show, you're coming in with an open mind and be willing to try beers that might be out of your comfort level. If I hadn't gone out and had my first IPA when I was dating my wife, I would have never, never gotten this far in the beer game. And I'm glad I did. There's a lot to enjoy here. So that would be Stone Arrogant Bastard. Now, I sat and thought about it for a long time about what game I should pair this with. There's a lot that can fall into such a strong ale. It's heavy, but smooth. It's not for everybody, but it is enjoyable if you, if you do like it. Arrogant Bastard, looking for something that kind of fit all those shoes. Duke Nukem was my original thought, but I knew, like, you know, at the beginning of the series, I said I was I was pairing games that were good, relatively good. Games that I like, games that I think people could get behind, even if they're not the most maybe mechanically sound or, or whatever the situation. They may not be 100 on Metacritic, but they'll be enjoyable with everything considered. Duke Nukem does not fall under that. Duke Nukem Forever in particular does not fall under that. So, you know, obviously threw that one away pretty quickly. And I came up with uh, with Devil May Cry. Today we'll talk about Devil May Cry 5, which is the obviously the fifth iteration of the Devil May Cry series, not including DMC Devil May Cry, which was created by Ninja Theory. But it was a great game in its own right. Doesn't fit canonically into the devil may cry series did its own thing and it did it well and the dialogue i think in particular of dmc was pretty solid but we're going to focus on dmc5 which sees the series protagonist dante and the i guess a second protag you could call him in nero teaming up with a new character by the name of v who are off to prevent a new demon overlord from uh, essentially destroying the world from consuming it, I suppose, would be a better descriptor. So Devil May Cry 5 originally launched in March of 2019. So it's almost two years, a little over two years since the game came out. And it recently relaunched on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, Series S, with updated visuals, ray tracing, the ability to play in 120 frames per second, which... If you're not familiar with that, it makes a world of a difference. But if you're also not familiar with that, you probably don't have a TV that runs uh, 120 frames per second if you haven't bought a TV within the last like year. So we'll touch on all these things to begin with. But launching Devil May Cry 5 on the PS5, Xbox Series SX was pretty, in my opinion, was pretty ballsy with the fact that the game just came out in 2019. Series S, X, and the PS5 came out at the end of 2020. A little over a year, the game 
had launched. They released it at a pretty affordable price range on the PS5, or I guess next-gen consoles at, I think it's 40 or 50 bucks, which is 10 to $20 cheaper than it would normally cost, possibly even $30, depending on if it's a first-party game. So the 120 frames per second, basically you have, with this, with this new update, you have the ability to switch between visual fidelity and uh, gameplay. So it'll lock Devil May Cry 5 a next-gen consoles will either lock your frame rate at a certain frame rate, usually 30, maybe 60 in this case, but it's usually 30 frames per second. But it enables you to play when in 4K HDR high dynamic range with ray tracing. And then the performance mode takes off that cap, lets you run around 120 frames per second, which if you are familiar with what that means, it essentially means every second your game can process 120 frames. If it's capped at 30, you know, your game will move, say, four times smoother than it did before. And that smoothness decreases input lag, makes everything look and feel smoother. It really is an incredible increase. And if you're not a PC gamer and you've been on console the whole time, it's something that probably will wow you right away. But TVs have not had HDMI 2.1 slots built into the TVs until recently. So even if you future-proofed yourself like I did many years ago with a TV that plays 120 frames per second, you won't be able to get that from your console because the HDMI slots are not HDMI 2.1, so they're not compatible with 120 frames per second. With that said, you can still get 60 frames per second. It's still wonderful. But Devil May Cry 5 is still one of the only games that offers that feature of 120 frames per second. Most of the next-gen games have a visual mode or a performance mode. Devil May Cry is one of a few that offer the 120 frames per second. Devil May Cry 5 is a story about Dante who is the son of Sparta. He is loosely based on Dante Alighieri's The Inferno. He is half human, half demon. His brother Virgil uh, is the same, but Virgil was killed in one of the previous Devil May Cry entries. Nero, who was introduced in Devil May Cry 4, is working alongside Dante to try and in this case, to try and remove this new threat that has seeded itself in the world. Together, they fight alongside a man named V, who is pretty mysterious, controls a few familiars, which are basically magical creatures that he controls. It's a pretty cool experience. It's a very cinematic, very visual experience. But for anyone who knows anything about Devil May Cry, the games are very... They're geared toward a very specific audience. Much like Arrogant Bastard promotes itself, Devil May Cry 5 is not for the faint of heart. It's a very skilled-based, fast-paced, combo-oriented action slasher that requires, to get the most out of it, requires masterful play. Now, I'm not good at the game, but I was good enough to, to beat it, but I'm not good enough to you know wow anybody with incredible amount of prowess in battle buddy of mine jay could do it but and you know you probably go on twitch or go on youtube and find videos of people just rolling through devil may cry with that said you know it's not gonna be for everyone it has a very steep learning curve you know much like the heavy bitterness of 
arrogant bastard, there's a heavy learning curve, a heavy difficulty that comes with Devil May Cry 5. You know, for me, though, I found Devil May Cry 5 to be a more accessible entry than, say, Devil May Cry or Devil May Cry 3. 2 is often the one that we shall not speak of, but admittedly, I, I enjoyed 2. I know a lot of people don't, but I did. But 5 is one of the few Devil May Cry games that I played fully through. So, you know, it's it's definitely more accessible than previous entries, especially if you're a new newer gamer and you're not used to the old control styles of old Capcom games in particular. But yeah, so Devil May Cry features this crazy combat, some epic boss fights, beautiful scenery. It's just an all-around solid experience that isn't for everyone, but if you're into it, if you like it, if you're brave enough to try it, there's a lot of potential there for you to, uh, you know, get lost in. It moves very fast. There's not a lot of dragging throughout the game. If you just got yourself a brand new PS5 or an Xbox Series S or X, there aren't a ton of PS5, you know, next-gen games built for next-gen consoles just yet. So it's a cheap, cheap-ish way to experience these next-gen upgrades when there isn't a huge selection of games to choose from. Arrogant Bastardale, Devil May Cry 5 makes for a solid pairing. They're both great little treats in their own right. You know, let us know what you think of the beer, or the game, and the comments. YouTube or Twitter at Big Cultures. Come join us this Friday when we drink an Arrogant Bastardale and play Devil May Cry 5 at our Twitch, which is twitch.tv backslash Big Cultures. We're happy to have these conversations with you. If you want to chime in on the question I asked earlier in the uh, podcast, please drop me a line at, at Big Cultures on Twitter or come stop in on Twitch and, you know, let's have a conversation. Yeah, it should be fun. We look forward to, to having you join our community. We're getting our Discord built. We'll be adding more to our, our YouTube page and HTTPS colon backslash backslash www.bigcultures.com is our gaming website where you can come join us, check out reviews and such. So, we look forward to seeing you join our family, enjoy your arrogant bastard, have fun with Devil May Cry 5. I hope you're enjoying some of the previous pairings that we've done. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, drink responsibly, continue to have fun, and we'll see you again next week.